You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 116, recorded June 14th, 2021. The topic for this episode is Season of the Splicer Armor. Uh, I'm going to be the host for this episode. I'm Elemist. Hi, I'm Orchid. And for podcast info, uh, we encourage feedback. That can be sent to us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore, at Hey It's Orchid, or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can email us at Guardians underscore lore at Outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. Or, you know what? Jump in our Discord. The invite is down at the episode description. <laughs> you can find our info on thelordnetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. And we're still we're somehow there. there. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're there. Yeah. Somehow. Every week. I keep wondering how we're there. Right? Well, we are. I know. It confuses me every week. But hey. Well, I mean, I guess everybody needs a, a book club around. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, if someone could be like, ugh, there's a book club. God. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm plugging stuff in right now. So, uh, for this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle. We've got raid challenges that just came out. <gasps> oh my god, Elmas, you must be so excited. Something to do. I know that I've already gotten the, the challenge done as of the release of the episode. Um. Oh, really? <laughs> as of the recording, like my team is planning on going in on day, uh, weekly reset. After everybody gets off oh, okay. work. So... Oh. Yeah, I'm going to get the weekly challenge done. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I don't know specifically I know what it I is. I know I won't get it done. We won't know until tomorrow. Well, no, like we do know. Yeah, reset. Do we? It was part of the, the day one the race. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. It was part of the... Uh, the world's first race. <laughs> and everybody keeps forgetting about that. <laughs> and I'm like... I forgot. It, it, not just you. It, it's not just you. Like, a lot of people forget about that. Sorry, I forgot. And it's... It, I, I just laugh about it because it's like... I'm sure somebody has a write-up already done about it because it was part of world's first. <laughs> yeah that's true but uh yeah so my team's gonna be going in to actually get it done cause we've got most of the the Vogue triumphs done already for the seal the only things that we haven't gotten done have been because of drops being rare or because we are time gated mm-hmm so, 
but we also have some GCX stuff that we want to talk about. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, by the time this episode comes out, the lore panel will be in three hours. So, uh, good luck. If you hear this right when it comes out, then we will see you at 10 o'clock, um, Pacific time of 1 PM Eastern. Uh, if you are listening to this far, far in the future after GCX is over, then I hope you enjoyed the lore panel where Orchid, I'm sure said a bunch of real stupid things. And looked really nervous because it's all starting to sink in. <laughs> when St. Jude texts you, you're just like, well, I'm sorry, what's happening in like five days? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the lore panel is happening. Um, we're organizing that with like very little time left. Uh, there are emblems to be had, and you know I am an emblem whore, so let's talk about those. There's a cool one. Apparently, there are hidden ghosts on the space station. Yeah, there's going to be seven um, of them because Bungie. Bungie. <laughs> their obsession with the number seven. Right. Um, the emblem is blue because, of course, it is. Uh, there's a little ghost on it. It's very cute. Um, go find those seven dead ghosts. Because, of course, they're dead. Um, fail in the universe is doomed. Doomed. That's what it says. Um, apparently, the lawyers are telling him that you can't tell people the universe hangs in the balance. So just have fun finding those ghosts. Fun hangs in the balance. Now, the TWAB says that. Now, I didn't say that. Now, the thing that I am going to say. <laughs> um, yeah. They specifically say, we have hidden seven dead ghosts in various places around the space station. And it's your job to do what you do best and go find them. And then make a YouTube video showing where they all are. Collect them all and receive this special emblem. I know I'm going to be looking for them. I can't wait. I love finding stuff. Like, that's I, that's my thing. I like finding stuff. Yeah. But I'm sure, like, Rick Cacus or Glad or somebody is going to have, like, a a thing up on YouTube, like, an hour after it starts of, like, how to find the dead ghosts. So right yeah i'm sure somebody will it'll be fun it'll be and, a good time and like um there's and like you're gonna yeah. have from the 17th until the 20th to do it so mm -hmm. you're gonna have all weekend so it'll be fun it'll be a good time um and gcx is all about you know raising money for the kids because we love raising money for the kids that's what gcx is all about so um all of your favorite content creators are going to be doing insane things um to raise money and i think it's a 24-hour donation thing um i know i think bife has a stream with uh barb and they're going to be doing some things um i know matt is going to be doing um a stream uh, he might be doing raid stuff so there's a couple people um Ashley Roboto is doing uh, an hour or two. It's gonna be it's gonna be great if you have some of your favorite content people. Uh, Dado and Jazz are gonna have another slot again this year. Um, find your favorite content people, donate money during their slot. Um, all the money goes to the kids. It's gonna be a good time. 
Um, if you donate $50 during the marathon, um, you'll get this very cool, like kind of tie dye pink and blue emblem. I love it. And I want it real bad. Right. <laughs> it's very, it's really pretty. I want it. So I'm definitely gonna, uh, I donate money every year, but, uh, if you have it in your budget, um, please donate. It's good for the kids. And and all of that is going to St. Jude's. Yes, it if is. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, and and we're also going to be at GCX, so. We are. Hunt us down. You might be able to, you might be able to see both Alamus and I um, running around the space station. Doing finding dead ghosts, probably. <laughs> probably. So probably finding dead ghosts <laughs> is what is gonna be happening. So it's gonna be great. So so definitely just like hunt us down. Yeah. Hunt us down. Give us a shout. Um I know we we will definitely be at GCX next year in Florida in real life, but um we will also be on this uh space station question mark. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work, but it'll be fun. So. Um, we also have some tech things from this week that they are talking about. Um, Boots of the Assembler, my new favorite exotic that we got this season. <laughs> um, they fixed it. Yay. So they work again. Now, now, what they did, uh, because the actual perk that was initially on it um, was causing crashes, mm-hmm. instead of disabling the exotic itself, they, they toned down the exotic to a different perk. And now, they're, now that they've fixed the initial perk, they're bringing that back in. So, yay. Yeah, so um we we definitely took advantage of it. Um the noble seekers that it creates, um you can get some really crazy things happening with the noble seekers and rifts at the same time. And um it's it's great. <laughs> so, but I'm glad they fixed it. Uh cuz I would use that and use um what is it? Uh, the trash hand cannon that sucks and no one uses. Yeah, Lumina. Thank you. I'm glad I could say the trash can cannon. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like it's a shame because I I actually like that gun. I like Lumina too. Now that it's not as trash as it used to be. Yeah, like it's not it's not as bad now. Like with this, Lumina is like pretty good. Because the noble seekers like actually make it good. Gotcha. So it's yeah. So it's actually like worth running now, like with the boots. Like it's not half bad. Also, it's like really pretty. It's a super pretty hand cannon. It's just too bad that it's Oh my god, yes. It's it's probably like to look at. It's my favorite hand cannon, that or Hawkmoon. But 
Well, and, like and I already like, had a boner for Hawk Moon. So. Well, and like it's a beautiful weapon. It's got some amazing yeah. story behind it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just yes. the perks aren't like the perk is not as great for end game content. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. It it has a very specific niche. And it's it's just like a really it's a really narrow use gun, unfortunately. Yeah. Like you have to really think about what you're going to use it for and like coordinate with people before you. It's kind of like right. Rat King. Yeah. Except Rat like King is just like with literally other people before you use it. Well, like except <laughs> Rat, Rat King, King like... is, is literally just <laughs> slap it on and everybody slaps it on and you just yeah. run around cackling <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> Six stack rat pack and override is so much fun. <laughs> it's so stupid. It just deletes everything. Yes. Oh my god. It's so fun. <laughs> Overload champion it's spawns a- in and just instantly dies. It's just instant deletion. It's just like you don't even need mods on because like the thing is dead before it even like spawns like before it actually champion. lands. The barrier doesn't even exist. It's just like <laughs> the barrier might as well be tissue paper. <laughs> yeah, bar- what barrier? Right. Lol. Like, I had a team that specifically did that one night because my brother was still working on his Rat King Catalyst. Nice. So, like, the entire team just ran Rat King, and oh my god, it was the stupidest but funnest thing we'd ever done. Six Stack Rat Pack is like, we did that the very first night um, of Override. The very first night, because we're like, oh, it's it's a sidearm. Oh, we all have Rat King, right? <laughs> Let's do Rat King. Oh, this is broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're just laughing the entire time. Like, all the, we laughed all the way to the bank, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Fun. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, I'm fine now. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Let's just go to a Lord Network ad then, and uh, we'll jump right yeah. into it. Okay. The Lord Network. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86 host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. That was such a good ad.
It was. I'm still laughing. It was good though. But you know what? It kind of. It kind of tastes like anchovies. <laughs> For everybody who's lost, um, go check the Guardians of Lore Twitter. The night of June fourteenth, Orchid and I had a conversation before the actual recording got started. Yeah. I love anchovies so much. <laughs> because you're three quarters otter. Ah, uh, but they're so bad. <laughs> there is actual context to that conversation. <laughs> but it's better without the context, I think. I think that conversation's good either way. With or without the context. Uh, we were looking at how to make spaghetti sauce, and this recipe had anchovies in it. And, and you're like, no. And I'm like, no, but it's, I love anchovies. And you're like, meh. <laughs> anchovies, bad, meh. I hate anchovies, meh. Anchovies are the worst, meh. That's you. It's a perfect... That's perfect. I did not mess that up at all. That is perfect Elemist. If I've ever done an Elemist impression in my life, that was perfect in every way. <laughs> wow. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to come back to you someday. What? You're just going to you're just going to be like, "I'm orchid me." <laughs> That's just what you're going to do. And I'll be like, yeah, that sounds exactly like me. <laughs> Lil, you're right. No, like, you and I are somehow going to be in a game with Friendly Fire years from now. Jeez. Oh, and then I'm just going to turn to the back of your head and shoot you. <laughs> Eve, have you ever watched me play Halo before? Right, you do it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's get this episode started. Have you ever started. watched me play Rainbow Six before? I mean, I kill my enemies. I or my my enemies, my teammates. They might as well be my enemies on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I team kill all the time. If I'm not team killing, like I'm doing the game wrong. So, <laughs> I mean, like if you're playing with me and like team killing is on, like you're gonna die at least once. <laughs> so. Threatening I... to kill me when team killing is is active is not that's, that's not a threat. That's a promise. Yeah, you <laughs> brief intro to the topic. Uh, <laughs> so the seasonal armor can be obtained from override missions or focusing umbral engrams. The exotic armor pieces that we're going to be covering can be obtained from legend and master law sectors. I'm going to read. This first one, this is the Lightkin cover. This is for the Warlock. The flavor text reads, It has been a long time since Elixney looked up at the Great Machine with hope. It is an honor to live in this moment. Mithrax. There is nothing here, and I have no fear of nothing. The Splicer saw herself in a hundred places at once, then chose her favorite. The gloves read, uh, Here's the flavor text. I got no qualms with them shacking up here, but you ask me, 
They're wild for looking up to that big ball in the sky again. Didn't end well the last time around. Fool me once and all that. The Drifter. I can see the light. I can feel its heat. The splicer drew the shivering hatchlings close, and they stretched as though they sat before a hearth. Ooh, here's Lord Jax. This is the Lightkin robes. I once defended this city from the fallen, as did many lights no longer with us today. Now, these walls shelter the House of Light. I could be bitter, but there's something poetic in that. Poor Shax. I contain the stars, the sky, the clouds above. His gauntlet sprang to life, and the sky moved through him. And this next one is the Lightkin Boots. The flavor text reads... With the arrival of the pyramids, and now these elixni joining us in the last city, I can't help but feel like we haven't ever truly understood this war we are fighting. But I believe we are learning quickly now. Commander Zavala. I can find peace in the silence. They saw movement from within the ice and noticed the splicer's eyes were following them. And this is the Lightkin Bond. So um, the way that the class items work, these are the ones that actually have the... The actual lore um, tabs. The actual lore tabs on them. Everything else is just, you know, two sentences. Uh, so these are just conversations between... Um, what it looks like there between the Yurfob and Boats a Guest. Um, Yurfob reader will be Elemis. Boats a Guest reader will be myself. Um, the Yurfob is actually um, Varix and Boats a Guest is uh, Mithrax. Yep. So the light can bond. The flavor text reads, My parents walked a hard road to get me to the last city safely. They paid the price, too. These elixir may be outsiders, but I see something familiar in them. Loss, pain, hope. Vanda Holiday. Vanette Civilian Terminal Encryption Enabled. Transmission Origin, Europa. Audio Conversation Log, Translation Module Active. User, Boats a Guest. User, Yurfob. Thank you for using Vannet. Your conversation may be recorded, connecting you with your party. Europa One at Jovian Fob. Miss Rex Kell knows what time it is on Europa, yes? My apologies, Varix. No apologies. Own choices, yes? Do better. What is Miss Rex Kell seeking? perspective I know I'm finding myself at odds with an exo a leader of humanity she does not trust our kind and I fear what may come of her intolerance trust is earned yes this is different blunt 
hold. She does not wish to give trust. There is no transaction, just anger. Varix knows this. Varix also remembers Misrax Kell as a soft-shelled hatchling, always mewling, always wishing to make friends, even with the older dregs who would push him over. Misrax Kell always trying. Is peace not worth trying for? With those who accept peace in their hearts, yes. Some only know war, only want war. Not all battles can be won with words. Then what? I cannot strike at her. It would confirm all of the human's worst fears. This is where Misraxkel and Varix differ. But perhaps, also where we are similar, do you trust any of the humans? Yes, some. With your life? Some. There is Misrex Kell's perspective. Thank you, Varix. Do not think Varix yet. The day is long, but the night is longer. That was interesting. So, the other four parts of the the armor set, the, the helmet, the gloves, the robes, boots, they're all just little snippets of splicers. You know, things about the splicers or different th sayings that the splicers have. Um... And the actual flavor texts are of people who fought the Elixini, except for Mithrax. Right. Well, even then, like, Mithrax kind of fought the Elixini. Like, House yeah, Salvation. Yeah, because he's... Yeah, because he, he's with House Light. I mean, they're, the, he, they're kind of against the other Elixini. Yeah. But I'm I'm really... Before the class item entries like i had no clue that oh i can't exactly say that because I, I was about to say that i had no clue that varix and mithrax had actually spoken but there are certain parts of beyond light where there's a, a skiff that's trying to leave europa and varix is like go help them because they're you know trying to defect to house of light so, well, I think we knew that they spoke because that was in the last lore book that we read. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Vaguely. Wait, no. Yeah, I don't because, recall Varix um, being that. Isn't that how Varix gave um Varix gave Achilles the information for Mithrax of how to get off the planet? You're right. So that's how they had to have been in contact. You're right. I was mistaken. Um, but yeah. And, and it, I didn't know if they had any direct actual conversation between, you know, right. Varix or Mithrax, or if it was just like done through proxies. Mm -hmm. But here we're seeing that they actually do speak to each other and and Mithrax actually goes to Varix for advice 
Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. Yeah. I, um, I'm really interested in the actual little like splicer, um, things briefly on the other pieces of armor, Mm -hmm. um, before we go to the bond, I'm looking at the splicer saw herself in a hundred places at once then chose her favorite. Um, and his gauntlet sprang to life and the sky moved through him. Like these are so descriptive. And so big. And it reminds me of being in the vault of glass and how you have like infinity around you. Yeah. Like how you're standing there and you have like past on one side of you and like the future on the other side of you. And you really are at like the nexus of time. And you have like if you have if you have yourself in a hundred places at once. Or you're in the infinite forest and you can choose which place you want to be in. It was, um, it's like Osiris being able to stand there and choose at the very end, um, when right before, um, Sagira, when she was, when he was dying or when Sagira was, um, before she died, um, or sacrificed herself, um, and he saw so many of his of his i guess endings in his possible timelines it's kind of the same thing yeah i think i i can see that cuz you can see he could see all of those possible timelines I, or she could i can definitely see that and especially with the fact that like i mean talking about osiris instead of Sagira for a moment especially with the fact that like he can create different copies of himself you know his reflections yeah mm-hmm. or he could at one point I don't know if he can anymore it, right because we don't know if that was something that was based off of his light or if it was something that he learned from the Vex yeah mm-hmm. yeah it could have been a bit of both because um, he was studying his paracausality within the infinite forest um, be- to see like why it pissed the Vex off so much that Guardians existed. I mean, that was like the whole point of like him studying the Vex in the first place. It took him years um, to study the Vex and I could just sum it up with the fact that they can't simulate paracausality. Yep. <laughs> I know, right? Get on our level, Osiris. Fuck. I know, right? God. <laughs> Fuck. God, get, get good, Osiris. Get good, scrub. God. Get good. <laughs> so toxic. Toxic streamer, God. <laughs> but I just, I love how, I love how big one sentence can be. Oh, I, I agree. Like, these are beautifully crafted. Like, one sentence can just, like, encompass so much. I love big, big, encompassing, large feelings like this. And like, it, it, like, like you pointed out, you know, the splicer saw herself in a hundred places at once, then chose her favorite. Like, 
Yeah. That in itself is like, oh, so she saw a hundred different timelines and then mm-hmm. chose the timeline that was her favorite. Like that means she's seen them before. Right. Or or she just had the the wherewithal to say, this one's my favorite. I can barely choose what my favorite cereal is when I go to the store. Like Right? How do you choose your favorite timeline? Like, what? Or is it the one where you're married to, like, whoever? Like, is it the one where you have a nice butt? I don't know. Oh, I'm already in that timeline. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. But like, like you said, it's it's a a grand thought that is just written simply, you know. Yeah. She saw herself in a hundred places at once, and then chose her favorite. Hmm. I mean, breaking that down, it it's a full like at least a paragraph of just explaining what it means. Or how it could be. But it's all just simplified in a single sentence. And it, it it's a cool way of looking at things. I mean Yeah. Yeah. Um did we have anything else to say about the longer part? I liked the two of them being honest with each other and open. Yeah. I I just like the fact I that feel... Mithrax is a like he is new to leading. So he reaches out to Varix who has seen plenty of leaders and asks mm-hmm. for advice. Mhm. It like I I just I I like this interaction. Mhm. Where it's it's literally just somebody who's new to leading reaching out to somebody who has, ex, you know, a, an old council mm-hmm. or something. You know, somebody who has seen entire regimes crumble and, and, you know, houses fall and that kind of stuff. And he's asking for advice and, and trying to figure out ways of creating peace between warring races. Do you have any final thoughts? No. I just, um, I like how they're able to kind of drop the pretension. Um, it's just sometimes leaders or people that have a lot of responsibility need to find other people in those kinds of positions that understand what they're kind of going through. Um, and it looks like the two of them found that at least in each other. Yeah. You know, that and, and so I'm jumping back to the very beginning of the conversation. It sounds like Mithrax woke Varix up. Mithrax Kel knows what time it is on Europa. Yes. My apologies, Varix. It was just something funny that hit me after we were done diving into 
a lot of the deeper concepts here that it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those scenes in uh in movies or TV shows where, you know, you're calling at 3 a.m. Do you know what time it is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> you tell me this doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. I needed to talk. What's up, boo? <laughs> uh. Oh, God. I can just hear Averix now. Mithrax going, I just needed to talk. What is up, boo? Yes. (laughs) No. (laughs) Absolutely not. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) I've got your back, bae. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) We're not going there. Nope. Nope. So moving on. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, we're gonna read what's the spoots of the assembler. Yes. We're just gonna go straight into this. Alright. Am I reading this? I am a warlock. I will read <laughs> warlock things. So this is Boots of the Assembler. These are the super cool warlock boots that give you um Healy orbs and also murder orbs and um little zappy um um uh, whatever they're called essentially it's arc buddy gun thing for rifts yeah they're super great when you're you know in a 20 in a first 24 hour you know raid <laughs> you don't want to die our team had two of them and it was really good it kept us alive my team had one and he would be like all right go hit everybody and they would all just flock to me and i'm like i don't need the healing you needed it no apparently you did it knows it's Uh, also line of sight so yeah if you're the only one in line of sight then but I've used um um I've just sat in a rift just in in override like shooting things like from sitting in the middle of override and they they just zip everywhere they're super useful like I really like them I'm going to read these now um the flavor text reads the manifestation of pseudo photons and impossible math one. Ikora Ray's blood was up. She had just left a debriefing on the previous night's sabotage of the Elixney camp. With each detail, her blood pounded more forcefully in her ears and the light tingled in her fingertips. Now, striding across the elevated catwalk, her temper nearly lifted her off the ground in righteous fury. Suddenly, a deep, familiar voice broke through the tumult. Anger bends the mind as gravity bends space-time. It's a form of distortion, useful but dangerous. 
Ikora turned, half expecting to find Osiris standing behind her. But she was still alone. Like gravity, once anger reaches a critical mass, it collapses in on itself, and not even light can escape. Ikora smiled to herself. Even in absentia, her mentor always knew just what to say. Ikora Ray ducked into an alcove and sat with her back against the cool stone of the tower. She closed her eyes and listened to her breath, concentrated on slowing her heart rate, felt her muscles loosen. Once her body was stilled, she completed one of the many meditations Osiris taught her when she first began her training. She felt the light moving through her body, first as a raging fire, then as a rushing river, finally as a cool breeze. At the time she opened her eyes, her mind was clear and sharp. She was prepared to face her opponent. 2. Saint-14 was doing munitions inventory when Osiris swept into the room. Saint put down his data pad next to a crate of grenades and stood up. Osiris scanned the shelves of guns and ammo, looking for something. Saint stood dumbly, waiting for some kind of acknowledgement. When it was clear that none was forthcoming, he called out, Osiris, what are you looking for? His voice was loud and strained. Osiris didn't turn from the shelves. The light suppressor the scions used on Zavala's ghost. I need it for my research. Zavala kept it, I think. Ask him about it, Saint replied, trying not to sound put out. Osiris faced his partner, his eyes narrowed and thought, Very well. Then as an afterthought, Thank you. As the former warlock turned to leave, Saint called out, I was hoping we could spend some time together soon. Just the two of us. Doing what? Osiris inquired with a small smile. We could fly to the Alps, Saint suggested, or walk around the ruins of Prague like we used to. That seems fine, Osiris said. He shrugged a shoulder, provided the city doesn't burn to the ground in our absence. Then after a beat, is that all? Is that all? Behind his helmet, Saint frowned. I suppose. Osiris strode from the room, leaving Saint alone with a sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach. Three. Lakshmi, too, watched Osiris from across the bustling courtyard. Of all the political creatures in the tower, he was the one that troubled her most. Her concern was not a matter of the ex-warlock's unpredictability. In fact, it was just the opposite. The device had no trouble parsing his arrogant brilliance. His every move was well within the standard deviation. Yet for someone with a legendary reputation as an eccentric, his every move as of late had been shockingly moderate. It was his newfound predictability that bothered her. Perhaps the loss of his ghost had affected him more than anyone understood. Maybe the burden of mortality had sapped his courage. It was also possible that Osiris represented a blind spot in the Vex data set, something that only a human could comprehend. Or perhaps instead, something obvious to the Vex, overlooked by her human mind. Whatever the case, Osiris bore watching the old-fashioned way, 
at least until his usefulness played out. So it's divided up into three different parts. The first part is is very straightforward. It's Ikora calming herself down, thinking of like what Osiris would say. The second part is Saint essentially asking for a date, and Osiris, Osiris is kind of brushing it off. Bad. <gasps> I know. How dare he? <laughs> and then Lakshmi finds it troubling that Osiris has become predictable to the Oxen Machine. Mm-hmm. So there's a theory that I heard from a clanmate that the Osiris that we've been dealing with isn't actually our Osiris. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a, a Vex simulation or whatever it it's we don't know um but mm-hmm. the theory is that this is not our osiris which is part of why like it, it would lend itself to why he's predictable now why he's just brushing yes. saint off because mm-hmm. otherwise I, like why would this be so focused hate. on osiris I hate that he brushed oh, that he brushed Saint off. He would never brush Saint off. Oh my god. The only reason why I don't think this is Osiris is because he brushed Saint off. Because you know how much of a saint Osiris Stan I am. Well, and, and the minute I read this the first time, I'm like, that is not Osiris. Well, and especially with the fact that he literally broke time for for Saint. I know. I know. He put the universe and all of existence at risk for Saint. And then he just brushes him off now? Like, that, that does not make sense. And especially with the fact that Osiris is looking for the uh, the light suppressor technology. Yeah. That the scions used. Like, that's kind of suspicious. Suspicious or not suspicious? Question mark? I mean... I, I'm looking at it as another fact of that's adding to the credence of the idea that it's not our Osiris. You know, it's looking for that technology, looking for any way that it can replicate it so that it can use that technology against us as guardians. Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially if this isn't our Osiris, it's a Trojan horse. I mean, I mean, think of it this way. Like he had beforehand, like he had like unrestricted access to the infinite forest. And I'm sure he predicted all of this happening in his own prophecies and, like, saw this happening. He broke time for his boyfriend. Could be. So he sure as fuck saw this coming. It's hard for me to believe he didn't. He knew the pyramid ships were coming. Like... Actually, 
I don't think he actually was able to see that far ahead. I think he did. He just couldn't help. He couldn't prepare for it. Because when we were actually given the um, the web lore leading up to Season of Dawn, it talked about how, mm-hmm. how he was trying to see the future, but there was just nothingness. I think there's nothingness because the darkness overshadowed it or something. Something, something, darkness, something, something, complete. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just getting at the fact that, like, he didn't specifically see that the pyramid ships were going to be here. I think it's darkness. Something, something, darkness. But, um, I don't know. I mean, if uh, he could, he could program it with his own stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, this could be a, a, Vex simulation that Osiris created. Yeah. You know, something to go around the city, keep everybody, you know, from really bugging him too much while he's sitting there mm-hmm. working on a problem. Yeah. I mean, like, I could see this as Osiris, like, just like what we read in um i could see this like we read in the the armor pieces leading up to this one um like the splicer saw herself in a hundred places at once and chose her favorite i could see this as osiris saw himself in a hundred places at once and chose his favorite just like like what we just said before, like he has been slowly leading all of these places and pushing everything. And yeah, he's being mean to Saint because he's pushing Saint in a certain direction. And he, yeah, he's grabbing this light gun because he needs it for a certain thing. Yeah. And he has the crown of sorrow grabbing that for a certain thing. Spoilers. Not really. It was last season. And, yeah. That's why I said, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like, Like, I I can see that. You know. Like, I think, I think he's, because he has that ability to be in the infinite forest, and he's outside of, like, the Vex data set, and that might still apply to him in a certain way. Even if he doesn't have Sagira helping him like manipulate that, I think he can still push that in certain directions. We won't know because like we still have like several weeks. Yeah, this is speculation. <laughs> this is all speculation. But no, like I I could see that, you know, before he lost Sagira, yeah. he was able to see like one last simulation or whatever of a good ending timeline and mm-hmm. he has to do certain things to get to that point mm-hmm. so pushing saint to a certain point would do that you know yeah dealing with lakshmi in a certain way would do that yeah i can see it i don't know i mean you could you could honestly 
think that maybe Lakshmi is like thinking she foresaw something, but really she's just seeing something that he like put into the fucking like Vex machine because like he's got the fucking runaround on the Vex. <laughs> so like who knows at this point if she's seeing anything that she thinks she's seeing because like he's got the Vex Raptor on his little finger at this point. I don't know. I don't think the Vex are behind the Endless Night anyway. Because we all know it's Avignon. <sighs> I know you hate that. I'm sorry. As much as I'm I hate fine. it, I agree with you. I know. Anyway. I know it's Avignon. So that wrapped. Want to move on to the Titan stuff? That wrapped up our warlocks. This is going to be the Titan yeah. stuff now. I'll be starting that with the Lightkin Helm. Flavor text reads, Even below this night, the ground has been warmed by the great machine. Mithrax. I will focus on the emptiness. Her gauntlet hummed behind her shield, and later they would swear she walked between the bullets. Lightkin Gauntlets. And the flavor text reads, Enemies become allies. That's just how it goes. Hell, most of my dearest friends killed me at one point or another. The Drifter. The flame of my will cannot be quenched. The Splicer rose to her feet again, somehow stronger than before. Lightkin Plaint. And the flavor text reads, we have more in common than we may realize, or be willing to admit. Lord Shax. I am lightning, energy unbound, but directed. The splicer felt the arc energy crackling around him, and joined with it. Lightkin grieves. And the flavor text reads, Trust is built slowly, stone by stone, like this city. Commander Zavala. I can touch the cold without letting it in. The Splicer envisioned the heat of battle and drew it into himself until there was nothing left but crystalline silence. And finally, Lightkin Mark. I will be reprising Yurfob, and Orchid is reprising Bata Guest. Want me to read the flavor text? Yeah. All right. It ain't right to think wanting a better life for yourself and your kin is just a human value. Amanda Holiday. And the lore tab reads Vannet. Civilian terminal. Encryption enabled. Transmission origin Europa. Conversation log. Translation module active. User at Batsa-guest. User at your fob. Thank you for using VanNet. Your conversation may be recorded. Connecting you with your party. Europa 1 at Jovian fob. Long day's grace, Miss Raxkel. 
Light bless you, Varix. Thank you for taking this time. You sound troubled. Confide. Varix will listen. The humans are... They are not as accepting as I had hoped. They cannot see us as anything but the things of their nightmares. Are we not? I thought things would change. Kel, you may be, but you have much to learn about being a Kel yet, Miss Rax. Change does not come overnight. Not for Elixni, not for humans. Change takes time, effort. Change hurts, like first molt. I suppose. Suppose nothing. Miss Rex Kell is too eager to forget the wolves. Do you remember what it was like to kneel to the Queen of the Reef? I thought the humans would be different. Hope is hope. Reality is reality. You cannot splice all things to be as you wish. No shortcuts here. No excuses either. Not for humans, not for Elixni. I miss your counsel. You should visit when things calm. Stand beneath the great machine as you did in the time gone. No. No, Varix cannot. That is then. This is now. My river does not flow backwards. But... Enjoy your victories, Misrax Kell. Do not let the pain of now overshadow the promise of tomorrow. We should all be so lucky. So, um, I'm again looking at all of these Splicer comments, just like we looked at in the last one. And, um, I, it's, these are stronger and more powerful than before. Does that make sense? I thought you were reading one of them straight out. <laughs> Somehow no, stronger than before. No, well, I mean, it, it does say that, but no, they they are actually like stronger than the previous set were. The warlock ones were more like bigger ideas, um, but these are like, but grand. These are more powerful, right? These are these are grander, but actually physically stronger. Like, um, the splicer felt the arc energy crackling around him and joined with it. Like that is a physically stronger idea than like taking the sky into yourself. Uh, hell, like it, you know, her gauntlet hummed behind her shield, and later they would swear she walked between the bullets. Like that's a, that's a physical like that's that's a powerful idea of like of battle like that's that's like a, a battle movement idea and um, the arc energy crackling around him and joining with it is another you know um, battle idea and it is like it almost is like that when um, when you you're playing as a titan. Right. You're almost like it's almost like you're joining with the arc energy. Like that is accurate. And 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 that's like an accurate description. And it is. It really is. 
And when especially missile, and titan. when you're playing as a warlock, it is like you're taking the sky into yourself. And I don't think I don't like it. Pull my don't think I don't eat my grenade and then like AC one thirty people like with my dead man's tail like from space like don't think I'm not doing that <laughs> because I am <laughs> so right. and like it, yeah that that was one of the things that I I started noticing when we got to this one was you know with mm -hmm. the warlock set it's all grander concepts grander thoughts ideas mm -hmm. because warlocks are all about ideas thoughts concepts. This one is very yeah. physical because Titans mm -hmm. are very physical. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is this is very much more of like laying on hands, like really getting almost kind of getting dirty. You know? Yeah. Like those were more of the grand ideas. This is more of like the grand I'm gonna punch you in the face. But um and, and my personal favorite one, you know, the splicer envisioned the heat of battle and drew it into himself until there was nothing left but crystalline silence. I love that. Like that is just it, the visual it is gives. Is that a bubble? Just, it could be. Is that a bubble? That's a bubble titan, isn't it? Well, and especially because if you have, and especially with the fact that like, it's um the flavor text for that specific piece, it's the boots, and it's mm -hmm. the flavor text is Zavala. We've seen him pop mm -hmm. a bubble. Mm hmm. So like, could very well be, it, it would be a splicer version of it, but mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I was thinking that or like. I don't know that or like those new boots where you have like you take the fire and it's like against stasis, but no, that's like that's a in a moment, of it, but like the Spicer version. I know, I know, but <laughs> it's like a Spicer version of it. Shut up, I know, <laughs> but like no, that's in a moment. I don't know. I mean, I know. I mean, like that's the only thing that I think of, like crystalline silence and like heat of battle. Well, and, and like it sounds like some sort of like well, and especially with the fact that like the, hammers the actual quote that goes along I with it is "I can touch the cold without yeah. letting it in." Yeah. So you got the cold there. You got the heat of battle, mm -hmm. crystalline silence. Yeah. Like it very right. well could be. Yeah, it reminds me of a bubble, though. Like if I if if I had to read just these two sentences and think of something that Titans did, it would be a bubble. And I I think the major points that they're trying to draw with these armor sets is that I don't know. Splicers draw from methodologies and concepts, ideologies mm -hmm. that Guardians have. They will them into existence. Well, like they draw from concepts that Guardians have split into. Warlock, Titan, and Hunter. Mm -hmm. So, like, Splicers have the actual understanding of each one of those classes, but they combine mm -hmm. it all into their splicing. Right. Yeah. 
I think that's what the armor sets are trying to to, to point out. Right. Mm-hmm. It must be, yeah. And then uh and then we have the actual class item, the mark. Mm. And yes. it's another conversation between Varix and Mithrax. But yeah, so Mithrax is, is asking Varix for his counsel and saying like, hey, it, you know, we've been invited into the city. You can be here as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I almost feel like Varix is making himself out to like pay penance. For living through the whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to actually go back under, you know, and visit the traveler. <laughs> yeah. I I really do like um, how he says, my river doesn't flow backwards. But, you know, in a better way. That isn't my awkward way of speaking. Right. Um, I think that's very poetic. To say, you know, um, you know, it's I'm not looking backwards. I'm not thinking of the past. I have to move forwards. Right. Yeah. Or I'm not living in the past. Because at that point, like it, that comes as a, a direct response to, you know, when things calm down, you should visit and stand beneath the traveler as you did, you know, before. So Varix is literally saying, that's all in the past for me. I need to keep moving forward. I need to move on. I I still like how they're being so honest with each other. Yeah. Um, it's really refreshing, actually, because there's been so much subterfuge this season, and I feel like this is the only... This this is the only time anyone's ever been honest with each other. Honest and genuine. And very genuine. And it's like literally the only time. Right. Like this entire season's been dog shit. Like everyone's been a fucking sneaky cunt the entire season. And it's like like, these Mithrax and Varix are just the only genuine people. And the fact they have to do it, like, call each other long distance to Europa to do it. Yeah. You know, at three in the morning, be like, hey, boo, what's <laughs> up? Come stand with me under the light of the traveler. And he's like, nah, I can't. My river doesn't flow backwards for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck. What? It's, it's what it says. It's really sad. I'm going off the. F- you know, like no, I, I, I. Yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts before we move on? No. Okay. So then I will wrap up the Titan armors with the path of burning steps the flavor text reads those who walk through fire have burned away their fear words burnt into the fearless 
follow not those who take the road less traveled, nor those who stand behind one another in waiting. Carve fresh the stone of the obstinate mountain. Lay waste to that which is impassable. May your footfalls leave cinder in their wake. For you fuel your steps by the danger of their stride. Code of the Devastator. So these boots, I have not used them before, but these boots um, do uh, their fire against stasis, question mark? Yeah, uh, they increase solar damage. I don't know if it's just from abilities or not. Um, uh, I think it's it's just any solar damage. Um, and the freezing effect from stasis and the slowing effect from stasis are significantly decreased. Okay. Um, I actually need to try these out again because the one time I tried them before I did like six iron or six iron banner matches straight in a row. And that was before the, the stasis nerf. And I just did not mm -hmm. feel the effect of, you know, reduced oh. stasis stuff. Right. So I, I mean, now that stasis has been kind of nerfed, like they might be garbage now. That that may be. Um at the very least, the increased solar solar damage, you know? That would be yeah. the reason to do it. I'm just looking real quick because Code of the Devastator, it is one of the solar subclasses, um, but I'm trying to figure out which, it's the middle tree. Okay. So throwing hammer, fling flong, yeah. That was the only thing that I really wanted to look up about it. Um. The entry itself is very poetic. Titans tend to be poetic. I don't know. I've never used it. Um, I really liked the poem. It's very nice. Yeah. It, it's it, like I said, Titans tend to be poetic, but you can point out that this was actually written by a Titan. Yeah. You know, it carved fresh the stone of the obstinate mountain. Um, lay waste to that which is impassable. Like it, it's, it was written by a titan. Yeah, it was. But anyway, so that wraps up titans. Yeah, it does. And as I'm gonna read hunter stuff as someone who once in a while plays a hunter, and I'll really pitch just in to... whenever you know. Yeah, you want to read all of the flavor texty things? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Since I can't read those, I'm trash. All right, these are all hunter things. Yes. The first one's the Lightkin Max. The flavor text reads, A sacred splicer can change much, but I never dreamed our lives would change so quickly. Mithrax. 
A single moment of calm is all I need. He drew his gauntlet tight to his chest, and in his next breath, he was alone with his target. Light can grips. And the flavor text reads, Long as they don't cross me, I'm everybody's friend. Thing is, I feel like I get crossed more and most. The Drifter. I am a light, but I will not be consumed. The splicer envisioned the fire in his hand, and he closed his fist around it. The light can vest. And the flavor text reads, A shield does as much damage as a sword, if it is not protecting what you hold dear. Lord Shax. Even in the dark, I still feel the spark of life within me. His gauntlet roared as he drew a wide circle in the air, and the rains began to fall. The light can strides. And the flavor text reads, I was asked if the city would protect the traveler. I replied, it is the traveler who protects the city. Commander Zavala. Amidst the chaos, I'm a reservoir of silence. The splicer focused on her breathing, seized a moment of quiet, and sent it billowing across the battlefield. And this is the Lightkin Cloak. Alamist will continue to read for your fob, um, and I will continue to read for Boats Aghast, um, who is Mithrax. Mithrax, um, your fob is still Varix. Yes. The flavor. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the flavor text reads. The way folks act towards the elixir shows you who they really are. Not sure if that's the worst or best part of this. Amanda Holiday. Vannet civilian terminal encryption enabled. Transmission origin Europa. Audio conversation log. Translation module active. User votes a guest. User your fob. Thank you for using Vannet. Your conversation may be recorded. Connecting you with your party, Europa One at Jovian Fob. Light grace you. Varix is relieved to hear you, Miss Rax. You are there beneath the great machine. Yes, without your assistance, we never would have survived the Vex attack. This is clear, and from this gratitude, you now speak in human language during private correspondence. I follow custom, and I do not wish my hosts to think I hide my words from them. How gracious. But Vex attacking you when House Salvation did? Curious, yes? I have not had much time to ponder it. How are the survivors? The hatchlings? Your daughter? They are all well. Ido is excited beyond words. She has dreamed of this day, but never believed it would come. Why did you not come with us? The great machine has no business with Varix. Besides, who would keep an eye on Aramis? 
I thought she... Always the hatchling. Nothing is forever. We know this. I must go, Varix. There's much to do. Walk quietly in your own shadow, Miss Rexkel. Goodness. Right? That worries me. Um, I'll... I just want to address that right away. I thought she... Nothing is forever. Um, I mean... We know she's frozen, and if it was forever, we would have killed her. And we know that's not forever. Right. Bungie would have just killed her. They wouldn't have left her as, like, a nice stasis statue, so we know that wasn't forever. Exactly. Like, they would not have left her as a statue if they didn't have, like, plans on bringing her back or making her a problem or making us, like somehow team up with her or something like which seems ridiculous but I've got a feeling that it's I mean it's gonna be a random mission where it's like go stop this thing from reviving Aramis right it's gonna lead to that but whether she actually yeah. comes back or not is completely up in the air um Mm-hmm. I mean, Bungie has written it so that it's possible. Because mm-hmm. we haven't really seen yeah. anyone survive stasis or anything like that who wasn't no, shattered. No, but you know? she's... Yeah, but she wasn't shattered, though. Right. She was just frozen. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean... They left it wide open, and they're hinting at it here. I can totally see them bringing her back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. But, uh, so, yeah. I, but that really leapt out to me that that was just, like. Right. That was kind of, that was, like, a kind of a big red flag. Right. Because the rest of it was like, hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? It's not the, it's not like the other 3 a.m. calls they've had. Like, if anything, this one should have gone before the other two. It should have. But it's just, just we're, we're very narcissistic and want the warlock and tighten things to go first. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just we want to read our stuff first. We don't really care about the hunters at the end of the day. Sorry, hunters. So, like, I can see all three of these entries being, like, in a single day. This would yeah. be, like, the 3 p.m. in the afternoon. The other one. I think. It, uh, like, the, the yeah. Titan one. I think that would be in the middle still. And I think yes. the Warlock one would be last. Yes. The Titan one would be at like yeah. 6 or 7 p.m. And then the yeah. Warlock one is the 3 a.m. The Warlock one is definitely... Do you have any idea what time it is right now? <laughs> like Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any fucking idea what time it is? It's 3 a.m. Shut up. <laughs> I got you, yeah, boo. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> But I mean, insect like chattering. The rest of, oh my god, 
sounds like shattering. God damn it. I mean, the rest of it, the really, the really only important part of this, besides like that and but Vex attacking you and how salvation dead curious. Yes. Like that is curious. We did see some Vex activity during Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. Um, there still is Vex activity on Europa. Right. In that one area. But I'm wondering if this was because they were like Mythrax himself was still splicing. Mm. It might have been drawing the Vex to him. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Good point. Because, like, when we entered this season, he full-on knew how to actually splice somebody into the Vex network. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm wondering how much practice he had before he actually, you know, had a fully 100% foolproof way of doing it. Yeah. Exactly. We do get word about um, Ido. Ido is excited do. beyond yeah. words. She has dreamed of this day, That's but it. never believed it would come. Yeah. This does kind of go with when we read that little part with um what was it? With um the what lore book did we just read? Achilles. Help me here. Yeah, that kind of goes with a little bit from that. He didn't leave when they did, but yeah, a little bit of the same kind of feeling. It's kind of the same excitement. Absolutely. Kind of the same surprise. And for the other armor pieces. It's very, very Hunter. Right. I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, this is the actual practical application. You know, he drew his gauntlet yeah. tight to his chest and in his next breath, he was alone with his target. The splicer. He, this is, yeah, this is, yeah. The splicer envisioned the fire in his hand and clo- and he closed his fist around it. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's still powerful imagery. But it's actual like application rather than, you know, something that is physically visible or mm-hmm. conceptually visible. I do love this one. This is another like big feeling sentence because, you know, I love these because I have a fucking hard on for these. The splicer focused on her breathing, seized a moment of quiet and sent it billowing across the battlefield. That is cool. It's that like utter moment of silence that just blows across you. Have you ever sat? Um, have you ever gone hunting before? No. Um, like where I live, hunting is is really common because I live kind of in the middle of nowhere, and that it's just the thing we do. And fishing also is really common. Uh, fishing is more common than hunting just because I live near large bodies of water. And we have like fishing villages kind of everywhere. 
Um, I actually live in a fishing village, technically, and not my particular town, but the town next to mine is a fishing village. But um, a lot of people that I work with and uh, live around me are all hunters, and I go bow hunting um, in the fall, typically. And um, there's this, like, utter stillness that, like, blows across you um, if you're in a forest and you make a sound because you fucked up somehow. <laughs> like, if you, like, make a crack or, like, there's another animal nearby... All the birds like stop chirping. And it's this really weird feeling. This really weird feeling. And that's that kind of like reminds me of this. Another example. Oh, another example would be like. Did you see the um, the eclipse a couple years ago? Yes. The solar eclipse. Yes. Um, so where I live in Oregon, we had a hundred percent like total solar eclipse. It was right above where I live. So we had like a hundred percent totality, like right on in my town. I didn't have to go anywhere. I just had to walk out my front door. Like I walked across the street to like a parking lot. Um so uh I was sitting like in the hatchback of my car and it got really it's it got dark and it was cold and this like it was the summertime it was august and um this silence like all the birds stopped chirping and like it did get quiet like it this silence like blew over because no one was driving anywhere because everyone was watching it so there were no cars and it was it was a weird feeling the same thing, like when nine eleven happened, like no one, no planes were flying. If you remember that, we were young. I actually, well, like I was. You remember that though? We I were in do. high school. But where I was in high school. Tail end of middle school. Yeah, but yeah, there were no planes yeah. that day. It was very quiet. It was weird. Yeah. But. And that's, and that's yeah. more than just a battlefield. That was across an entire country. <laughs> yeah, it was it was silent. It was it was the weirdest feeling. Like I lived near San Francisco International Airport and there are no planes flying. You could always hear a plane like all day and all night. You could always hear planes. There are no planes flying. It's the weirdest fucking thing. But Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, this just like really stuck with me for some reason. Absolutely. I don't know. I never, I never have like total silence in my day. I don't either. Like my, my workplace is super loud because like, like I work in an industrial site. It's very loud where I work. Then even though like I can't hear out of like half of my head, people forget that I'm like half deaf. <laughs> so like half my life is already quiet. But um it's 
like it's never quiet for me. Like my entire day is always loud. And so to have like a moment of quiet and then have that idea of like silence billowing across a battlefield is insane to me. And just like the visual, the visual slash like auditory aspect of that is like thrilling. And I love that whoever wrote that, I want to like send them a DM, buy them coffee. Yeah. I love it so much. I love it. Thank goodness. And it's sorry, it, I really like it a lot. It's so good. Well, and like <laughs> it, it is one of the more powerful entries for Hunter. Like it, the others are good, but that is one of the most powerful ones that they've actually written for the ar- the Hunter armor pieces. I think it's one of the most powerful ones for all of them. Like, for all three of them. Just in general. Like. But definitely for the Hunter pieces. Like. The Hunter's different. Like, it's the Hunter pieces are more deft. If that makes sense. Like, they're more nuanced than the Titan ones are. Yeah. The Titan ones are very deliberate. Like I'm going back and looking at them and the Titan ones are very much like they felt the arc energy crackling around him and joined with it. That's a very deliberate act of like, I am now this arc energy. This is mine now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, her gauntlet hummed behind her shield and later they would swear she walked between the bullets. It... Mm-hmm. That is very deliberate. Yeah. 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 No, I I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like the the Hunter ones are more like... I hate to say... I hate to use just like the idea of like they're more Hunter, but... I mean, they, they, they speak more Hunter to me, like... They they just so, feel more hunter. So the the way that I'm kind of viewing them, the mm-hmm. warlock one is very big brain concept ideas wise. Um, the Titan ones are very physical, and the Hunter ones are very practical. Yes, that's how I'm yeah. seeing it. Because like, especially with mm-hmm. the vest one, you know. His gauntlet roared as he drew a wide circle in the air and the rains began to fall. Like, that's like such a visual. He did something practical and it happened. Like, something was actually, something actually came from it. It's, it's practical application. Yeah. I don't know. They just, it just, screams hunter to me i don't know how to describe it more than like it's a very hunter and now i'm just hearing like sassy in the back of my head screaming hunter's rule fuck face (laughs) (laughs) oh guardian games oh fucking guardian games (laughs) hunter's rule (laughs) hunter's rule (laughs) 
Ludicrous. <laughs> damn it. No, Titans did. Oh, We're gonna bet on the that. warlock. <laughs> so you're gonna rig it. Coming. What? No, Titans don't lose. <laughs> so you're looking to lose money. Nope. We're gonna win money. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so we have one last entry. Orchid, do you want to read that? I would love to. This is for the fish pants. I mean, star eater scales. <laughs> uh, fish pants. What? They look like fish pants. Oh, That's they are. Calls them. They're they called are. the fish pants. Fish pants. Okay. The flavor text reads, Feast on the sky. Gorge yourself until all starlight has been gnawed to black. Then the cosmos will tremble with your roar. The harsh buzz of a sawtooth wave jolted Ekris from slumber. He groaned, slid off his cot, and slumped into the pilot's chair. Large amounts of data streamed across an array of thick glass screens while the alarm blared. He connected all the various details. Heavy interference on scanners, propulsion malfunction in the main drive, erroneous flags on the proximity detectors. He looked through the porthole, a glass circle no more than five inches wide, and saw wisps of blue particulates wash past. Collision? He pondered. A voice called out behind him. Still days out from the belt, nothing here to hit. Ekris pivoted around and saw his co-pilot. He squinted, trying to remember the other Elixney's name, but nothing came to him. He felt bad about that. They'd been in transit a while, and he still couldn't remember this one's name. It's Rascal, the co-pilot said as he focused on the instrument displays. You make that face every time you forget my name. Icarus looked away in shame. Strange coincidence. Had a brother, Raxel. There are many Raxel brothers and Ekris pilots if you look far enough, the co-pilot said. Ekris wasn't convinced that was true, but it wasn't important. Drive is down, Ekris said, stuck in a field of something. Not stuck, Raxel said as he punched in some commands through the dash controls, stopping the alarm. Just slow. Velocity steady. No control, Ekris chittered nervously. If we're lucky, we'll drift out eventually. Long road just to get to Mistrax. Rascal sat on the bulkhead inside. You still think he's Kellefkels? Ekris's mind buzzed with an odd sensation. He didn't remember sharing that with his co-pilot. Best chance I've seen, he said. He is different, brings us together in new ways. Raxel made a click with his mandible. Heard that before. Ekris waved his claws dismissively. You always dissent just to be a dissenter. I want to free you from this obsession, Raxel replied. Ekris scoffed. Kel of Kells is a symbol of hope for all Elixni. You would rather we live without that? This myth divides us, brother, Raxel said. We rend and tear, trying to claw our way to the top of the mountain. Then we look down and see the mountain is made of our torn banners. Something itched in Ekris's mind. Did Raxel just call him brother? Raxel continued his thought. 
The only unity down this path is collective death. The Kell of Kells is destined to rule only the House of Silence. Ekris clicked his jaw angrily. Why would Elixni dream of this Kell if the dream only harms us? Maybe we didn't, Raxel said with a devilish grin. Maybe something else dreamt it for us, to keep us apart. Ekris waved his claws and stood, pacing around the cabin. Enough. You're stretched thin by this journey. You need more sleep. Go to your bunk. His mind itched again. There was only one caught in the ship. He stumbled as the dizziness overcame his senses. When he looked up, he was alone. You've chased this dream so long, you've forgotten you're asleep, Raxel said, a hint of mourning in his voice. The sound came from nowhere in particular. The pilot's console was dim and quiet. The instrument readouts had slowed and showed no warnings. Ekris looked towards the porthole and saw nothing but black, peppered with the sparse glimmer of distant stars. Kinds of mindfuckery. Yeah. So, this Elixni, Ekris, he's piloting this, this ship, and he has an actual conversation with his co-pilot, Raxel. Um, but, like, Raxel wasn't actually there. He hallucinated the entire thing. And I'm, I'm wondering if a lot of that is... It, it's, it's a twofold thing. Um, one, like, he specifically said, you know, um, strange coincidence had a brother Raxel and there's the fact that he is pretty much isolated like he is the only one on that ship so I'm wondering if it's just the combination of everything there and it so he's imagining what his brother would be saying if his brother you was know, alive I'm wondering if his brother died yeah I'm wondering if his brother died and like left him well, because it said had a those... brother. Yeah. So Raxel is dead. Or. Right. Excommunicated or whatever. Um, because of how we've dismantled fallen society or Elixir society. I'm willing to mm -hmm. believe that we like Raxel is dead. Unfortunate, but. Probably likely. Yeah. Um, so like, and we've seen that kind of a trope in movies and television before where like someone is hallucinating their brother or their, their sister or something and right. come to find out that they were alone the entire time. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, I, I think it's related to Partly, you know, his grief over his brother being dead and partly because of the isolation. I think also it's the there's one caught in the ship. It says so towards the end. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you're stretched thin by this journey. You need more sleep. Um, 
I I have had this kind of exhaustion. Like I'm remembering grad school. <laughs> I've had the like you've been awake for three weeks kind of exhaustion and like you see things. Uh-huh. Like you see things, you are you smell things, hear you are things. you hear things. Things are not there that you think like I I slept in my office for like three weeks once my um my husband was still at home and i was at work because i was still working on a bunch of stuff um in grad school and i i like took naps like hour long naps when i was finishing my phd and i like would take like cat naps on my couch in my office and that was that way for weeks like <laughs> It was not good. It was very bad. Well, like you could, I could taste colors. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I, I know this exhaustion when you start seeing things that are not there. Like this is real. <laughs> like having entire conversations with people that do not exist. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I've been to that, almost uh, been to that point once. So like I I understand uh -huh. it. Um, I yeah. didn't hallucinate no, people, I've... but it would I hallucinated smells. I've hallucinated entire conversations that like did not happen. Yeah, it it was. I've never done that again. One time thing. It was very bad. Don't do it. Sleep is good. Not sleep is bad. Um, but yeah, I think he. I don't. I'm wondering if it's just like he's just drifting in space. Like the pilot's console was dim and quiet. Instrument readouts are showing no warnings. There's nothing but black, peppered with sparse glimmer of distant stars. Like he's not even moving. Maybe. Uh, he connected all the various details, heavy interference on scanners, propulsion malfunction in the main drive, erroneous flags on the proximity de detectors. So, yeah, like he's not moving at all. Mm -mm. This poor Elixney is just drifting in space. Mm hmm. Drifting to try to get to to Mithrax. Because he wants, you know, redemption or safety. And he's so exhausted and alone and just in space by himself. It's awful. With only his thoughts. And that kind of solitude. But what does this have to do with, with fish pants? Well... Feast on the sky, gorge yourself until all starlight has been gnawed to black, then the cosmos will tremble with your roar. Yeah. Like, it's talking about the cosmos, you know, space. And he's right. adrift in space. So maybe he just enjoys stars until he dies. Yeah. In space. That's rough, but yeah. I'm sorry, Ekaris, you're going to die in space. Please enjoy it. 
before you die in space. And on that note, Orchid, shout outs. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I guess. Uh, thank you to. I played a lot of Iron Banner this past week. And it was fun, question mark? It was, like, weirdly fun. Because you weren't like, getting frozen, were you? I know, right? It was weird. <laughs> like, I don't... It was just, like... Oh, it was so weird. I don't... And, and like, those I don't few, know. And, like, those few times I actually did get frozen, I wasn't as pissed off about it anymore. I know. It was weird, um, but I actually, I went from before the stasis nerf in Iron Banner last time, I had a 0.85 KD, <laughs> so I was having such a hard time, which is really unlike me in Iron Banner, and I'm at like a, a 2.0 in Iron Banner or something, and I did that in like a week because gotcha. it's just not having stasis like it's like back to normal that that and that makes sense it's just not being frozen i don't it, it's what it, it I've just been having and it's not been frustrating and I've not I've been having fun and like if I get killed by someone like shooting me I'm not like raging about it and if I get killed by you know hammers or golden gun or whatever I'm right. not raging about it so it's fine because I'm fine you know so like thank you everyone who played Iron Banner with me there are like so many people like, I can't thank all of them because there were too many people. But I actually, I watched um, I watched a video by Shadow Destiny on YouTube on how to, like, improve your KD. And he just, like, very easily lays out, like, stop doing this bullshit stuff that makes you not have good KD. It makes you do dumb things in, like, Crucible. And it's just, like, very logical. And... It, I just stopped doing those those things because he explains things really well. Who who would have thought? Gotcha. So legit. His YouTube videos are good. So shout out to that guy. Shadow Destiny. I like his videos. His content is good. So. Shout out to good content for once. Okay. What about you? Uh, yeah. It's it's different. I'm not shouting out a person. I'm shouting out a guy on YouTube whose content I like. <laughs> and and I am going to be shouting out people. Um, Hyven and Mrs. Hyven. I spent the weekend <gasps> with them. And uh, Hi, Hyvens. It was just, it was good to get away from everything for a couple days just decompress and everything it was it was a good time that and we went to a bar 
I did not realize how overwhelming that is, considering I haven't really had a whole lot of human interaction in the last year. It, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was fun, but it was, it was a bit overwhelming. So, this is the part of the episode that we would like to give special thanks. Uh, the artwork for this episode is courtesy of at VolshockB on Twitter. The music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We were able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. And for reminders, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at Hey, it's Orchid, and at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review, and you know what? Jump in our Discord. Just do it now. The invite is down in this, the description. Just just click it. Do it. Do it. Just I fucking dare you. Just click the little link. Cowards. All right, Orchid. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 106, recorded June 14th. No. It's 116. Fuck. I'm just going to redo that. <laughs> yeah, please do. What is Miss Rax no, Kel That's seeking? me as well. Is that you as well? Fucking Christ. Do it again. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just say insect like chattering. I fucking hate that. Insect like chattering. <laughs> Pull insects like chattering from something. <laughs> Can you make insects like chattering with your mouth? <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> I don't jacking off. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Monday. Mondays are weird. <sighs> and Orca is reprising Bots a guest. My name is Orchid. You called me an Orca. I'm really offended. And Orchid is reprising Bots a guest. Thank you. <laughs> I know I'm fat. My bad. I'm not that fat. <laughs> it's all the it's all the water. I got confused. Otter, orca. Uh, it's not the same. <laughs> I do tricks for fish, okay? <laughs> I do tricks for fish. <laughs> you want to start? 
Um, do you want to read your this? I thought we were doing the armor sets and then the exotics afterward. We already read the exotic for mine. Do you want to? Right, but oh, yeah. but we had an actual dis- yeah. we had an actual discussion about the yeah, armor we had set an actual itself. Discussion first. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, shut up. I was like, oh yeah, why haven't we read the other one first? Yeah, because I'm an idiot. Never mind. Um, <laughs> shut up. Quiet. I know how to do this. I've done a <laughs> podcast before, once or twice. Sometimes, once or twice, once in a while. Just mm. because we have a hundred and something episodes under our belts at this point, right? Jesus Christ. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. Yeah.